Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 209 of Outnumbered the Podcast. And we are talking about evil proofing your kids against evil. We are so excited to bring this episode to you. We want to give you a quick earbud warning that we do give some examples of evil that need to be fought against in the world. And so we use some words that you might not be ready to talk about with your kids. Um, so go ahead and use earbuds if that's if you have young children listening with you. And let's go ahead and get started. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Thank you for listening to this episode. We really think if you're here listening to this episode about trying to protect your kids against evil, that you're doing the right thing. You you start off on the right foot. And so we just really want to say thanks for listening to this episode. Yeah, sometimes we don't like to face all the bad that's in the world because it's just so much more comfortable to stick our heads in the sand. But as parents, we know that that's part of our job, right, is learning how to protect our kids and keep them away from the bad stuff. So thanks for being here. Okay, so my humor segment today has nothing to do with my kids. It's something dumb that I did, and we just laughed and laughed about it the other day. So there is a daycare that I used to pass regularly when I was taking my kid to school, and um, it had this big banner out front, and it said something that my brain couldn't comprehend, and I kept thinking it was another language. It said, des families, and I thought, family is that like German like do we have a German population around here and I was like thinking about it ruminating it and it was like welcome this family so I'm like oh that's that's neat oh they're just so multicultural until it clicked it said DES families which is Department of Economic Security families welcome <laughs> it was English and I was just not making a connection that that was an acronym <laughs> and the word families I, I don't have an excuse for myself, you guys. I think maybe I was just sleep deprived at the time, but I, it took me way too long to understand what that sign was saying. So laugh at my expense. How many times did you drive by before? Oh, oh, 20? <laughs> oh, way too long. <laughs> uh, I'm only laughing because I've done that like so many times. <laughs> like, what am I reading here? Oh, this is interesting. My brain is puzzling and puzzling and hey, dummy. <laughs> All right. All right. So you guys, we want to talk to to you guys today about how to protect our kids from evil when they're in our homes, but then how to make it so long lasting that we're still like our influence, what we've taught them is still protecting them when they leave home and they're out in the world without us there to watch for the bad guys, right? So that's why we're calling this episode Evil Proofing, because when you waterproof something, it's it holds off water even when you're not there putting the waterproofing on. Does that make sense? Mm, yes. I love that thought. Love that thought. We're just making their buck, their backs like a duck's, right? <laughs> <Essentially>. <laughs> the evil just yeah. rolls off. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the idea anyway. Right. 
Okay, so we are going to share five things we do to evil proof our kids. And I think it's pretty obvious where we stand on the issue that we are Christian women who really believe that there is good and there is evil in the world and that it's actually our God-given responsibility to teach our children about the difference and then to protect them and prepare them for it. Okay. All right. Are you guys ready? Let's dive in. Um, number one, keep evil out of your home and your life. It seems so obvious, but it slips in so easy. So whatever you're going to define evil as, I mean, you know, Bonnie referred to us as Christian women and we define evil um, in, in biblical terms. So it's so easy. Like we all have what in our pocket, a device, right? <laughs> and that device can have be a portal to so much evil. So we, we have episodes on how to specifically protect your kids um, technology, but like I, I often think of um, a verse in Genesis that talks about Abraham sitting in the door of his tent. And it's like, oh, well, that was inconvenient. Everything that went in and out had to like go around him or over him. But yeah, that's the point. Abraham's sitting in the door of his tent and nothing gets in or out without his notice. And that's kind of the, the idea here. Yeah, he was the gatekeeper, right? And whether we like it or not, as parents, we are also gatekeepers. We get, we have to decide. And the thing that's hard sometimes is we have to have the courage to do so. So when if you were just to ask me on the street, hey, would you let this kind of nonsense into your home? You know, a, a movie that had, it contained this or that or whatever. I'd say, no, absolutely not. But then my kid is coming home and saying, oh, but my friend wanted to come over and watch this movie with me. Or, or then, you know, to, to have the courage to stand up to your own family members and say, that is not coming in our home. I'm sorry. It's, it can be very difficult. So we know that young children do not have the capacity to withstand this evil. They are so innocent that they just accept everything as it is, right? They don't yet differentiate and judge between right and wrong, good and evil. And so we have to do that for them. In fact, it's actually one of the reasons why so much of it is aimed at them. Like think about the grocery store. I'm not saying sugar is evil, but eh. maybe <laughs> you go down the, you go down the cereal aisle. What's everything at a kid's eye level? Is it like all the healthy whole grain stuff? No, if cereal is healthy, but anyway, it's all the sugary garbage. It's the bright colors because they are targeting those little people that are walking along going, mom, give me that, give me that, give me that. They're not targeting mom up here because it's the little kids that see the bright colors and want to pick up what looks yummy, right? Um, and that is unfortunately how the world works with a lot of garbage out there. So my mom has told me that when I was little, she loved the feeling of welcoming everyone home at the end of the day, putting everyone to bed, and then locking the door on the house and thinking nothing can get in and harm my family now, at least at night until we were teenagers and staying up later than her. Everyone is safe and sound inside. And that's no longer the case. As long as we have a modem or a television or any access to the outside world, there will be a potential for harm to come into our, our homes. Granted, there's a potential for wonderful, good things as well. We have amazing podcasts and videos and things that I um, allow my children to watch that are uplifting and inspiring and can help us learn to worship and serve God in a better way. But there's always this portal that can bring in evil and we have to be so cautious of it. Yes. Yes. That is so true. It's not only things that come in through a virtual um, thing. You have to be vigilant and watchful on the books that come in from the library and the magazines and the newspapers. And because, you know, maybe it's a great 
you know, newspaper, magazine, whatever that you're comfortable with. But what about the advertising that's in it? Like, you know, who are, who are they targeting? And um, so anyway, perhaps it's tempting to think, well, I can deal with this because I'm an adult. And so I can have this um, thing in my life because I can, I can withstand it. I'm not a child. But um, when we have young children in our home, it is our responsibility to keep evil at bay so that they... Um, so that they're not exposed. Um, because like you said, the little kids, they don't have, um, the first time they come up against something, they don't necessarily have a sense of right and wrong. And we're going to talk more about that in a, here in a minute. That's right. Okay. So step number two is to fill our kids and our homes up with good things. When we have a foundation of faith, strong family values, a connection with each other, then it's almost like there's no room to go seeking for something that is not good, right? I love the concept of allowing my children to feel as much of God's love and that inspiring feeling as possible so that when they go out into the world and they feel the opposite of that, they know the difference, right? Um, I think unfortunately for too many kids, they're never taught that or never given an influence that is safe and, um, uh, godly and loving. So they don't know the difference and they're, and they're tempted by, you know, peers or others who would pull them into their circles to give them that sense of connection because they're missing it at home. We can give that to our kids and protect them before they even ever leave our home. Yeah. You, we have so many episodes about practical ways to accomplish this. Um, we, we have one just recently, um, the, uh, creating a house of faith, um, I don't know. We have some episode guides that talk about different practical things like, you know, food and pregnancy and babies and that kind of thing. Maybe we should put an episode episode guide out there about um, all these uh, faith-based episodes that we've done. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, um, yeah, and just the practical things that we talk about I mean, are so helpful. But if they're full of good things, they won't be hungry for things that are evil, that maybe appeal to different parts of them that they haven't experienced before as they age. And so, um, because, because they're full and they're satisfied, but you, so you mentioned about having, you know, not only foundation of faith, but strong family values. So that's like, um, that's like the extended safety net. So like if one of your children, you know, heaven forbid should, disconnect from the faith that you, the foundation of faith that you've gotten them, then they're not necessarily at the same time going to disconnect from family, other family members, which also still have the the, the strong connection to faith. So it's like a safety net, it, it, you know, the farther you go out, the ripples, you know, um, so faith, of course, is first a connection to God. That's so important. But then connection to family or others who have a connection to faith is also a way to keep them um it's another layer of waterproofing, <laughs> evil proofing, mm -hmm. um, is mm -hmm. to, you know, here's the faith and then here's the family and kind of like, um, you know, if they lose the, what would God think part, uh, of, of their mind or of their reasoning, then they might still have, they will probably very likely still have, but what would my family think? Or what would my siblings think? You know, like that is like an extra layer. So filling them up with, with all the benefits of faith and all the benefits of family um, is really powerful when it comes to them um, being exposed to evil. 
Yeah, I love that. And it, it's interesting in our, in our um, I think in our episode about building a house of faith, we talk about that, how um, your kids won't always want to obey you. Probably there's, there's probably going to be a phase at some point where there's a little bit of rebellion. And if you can build, help them build a belief and faith in God, then there's that kind of backup, like, well, how would I feel if God looked at what I was doing right now? And then you're saying the opposite is also true. Like if they lose that faith, at least there's the family that, mm-hmm. that those two combined can give our kids the best chance at the happiest life they can have, where they are protected from the people that would do them harm and would lead them down a road that is going to lead to misery and suffering, right? And I also want to point out here that it's very important to communicate this to our kids. So obviously when they're one or two, they're not really going to understand these concepts, but even as early as three and four, you can say, oh, we missed our Bible reading time. That's important for our family because it helps us to draw together. I have noticed a very significant correlation between the fighting in my home and the amount of scripture reading we are doing, and they are inversely correlated, if that makes sense. Um, The more scripture, the less fighting and vice versa. And I will actively regularly tell my kids that, hey, you know what? We're kind of down each other's throats today. Could that bit have been that we've missed a couple of days of diving into the word of God? I think so. Let's get back on that habit. And then and then to note to them, it looks like everybody's been so much kinder today. Isn't that interesting? I wonder if that's because we're making sure that we're filling ourselves up with this goodness. So point that out to them, pay attention to it and point it out to them. Yeah. Yeah. Another um, quick thought here, a way to fill them up is um, so, you know, the atmosphere that you're, (laughs) that you're talking about is maybe not going well for the day. What happens if you start to sing a hymn? Um, during the day, right? Instant atmosphere change. And that's a way of filling them up with good things. You know, those songs come back to their minds later. Yeah. Although there's, although there's one called love at home that we would always sarcastically sing when I was growing up, right. When everyone was fighting, (laughs) it it would at least make us all laugh and usually stop a fight. (laughs) Oh, you know, that's a great segue. What you were just talking about into number three, and that is talk about evil talk about it and the corresponding good anecdote antidotes if how do we prepare our kids to face evil if we don't ever discuss it with them if we don't ever um prepare them to to know what evil is like you have to talk about it you can't there's kind of this philosophy out there and it, it, it's very noble hearted but it's just like i'm gonna live the right life before my kids and hope that that influence um, affects them and that they pick up on that. But I'm sorry, that's not enough. You have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we live in this um, day and age where everyone is just so afraid of stepping on anyone's toes and offending anyone, even our own children sometimes, that we forget to be very direct that it is our job to teach our children right from wrong and what we believe is the correct, correct choice. Now, it's not up to us to lock them in a basement when they make the wrong choices that we still have to allow for agency, which is going to come whether we like it or not. Um, And then we get to work on ourselves when our children make decisions that we don't love. Um, But it absolutely is our responsibility to teach them and to show them. And then, and, and usually that's very, very direct um, when they are in those younger years. And as they become adults, then maybe it is more of an example because if they have been taught correctly and now, now it's up to them. You can only be an example to them. Right. Yeah. And that's like, what they're called teaching moments about. So you, you're yeah. out at the mall or whatever. You see something that your family has defined as evil. Okay. That's a teaching moment. Get back in the van mm-hmm. and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Don't ignore it. Like you didn't see it or it didn't happen. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like I mentioned before, um, this is a gradual awareness, right? Those younger years, you're just teaching them very simple concepts. Um, you know, something like stealing is always a really 
simple, easy one to teach younger kids that usually there's an opportunity for early on. Oh, we don't take things that aren't ours. And here's an example, you know, oh, you, you tried to take this gum without mommy knowing. And we had this lovely conversation. Um, something like stranger danger, super easy and simple to explain to a small child and very necessary, right? If they're going to be outside ever, <laughs> you want to explain if we don't know the person, we don't talk to them. We don't take candy from them. We don't help them find a puppy, whatever it is. Um, but obviously later down the line, I mean, the whole point we're teaching them this is because of sex trafficking and all these horrible things that are out there. We're not going to tell those specifics to our small child, but we probably will eventually to our 16 and 17 year olds. So they fully understand what's out there and, and gradually teach them um, about this wide world. So they're prepared, but without terrifying them. Like the whole point isn't <laughs> make our kids terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you have to deal with the nightmares that they're having. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So you'll come to your own awareness or insight of good countermeasures for evil influence. So I just wanted to share one here too, to start you off. So temptations of the, of the flesh as, as they grow, like you were just talking about stealing, right? Um, a good tool for defeating temptations of the flesh is faith. So you use faith to counteract when, you know, the little the little stealing starts happening or you observe stealing or, you know, as they get into teenagers and their hormones start changing and they start feeling other um, temptations and emotions, then, then you start using faith. Like, yes, yes. What you're feeling is valid. What you're experiencing is valid. But remember, we have this foundation. We have this foundation of faith that we have been working on for years and years and years. And we're not just going to destroy that um, because we're feeling something in, in the moment in our flesh. So there's always, I, I don't think there's any evil in the world that doesn't have a countermeasure of good that can, can't be met or overcome with good. And so we just need to, like, we can't just say, you, you can't say, um, don't do this without giving them something to do or be or think or feel instead. Yes, totally true. And what we've noticed is that, um, the temptation that comes in the form of evil to our children is always very shiny and pretty um, and doesn't ever reflect the other side, right? So here's here's just an example of what we're talking about. We love to talk to our children about babies, having babies and raising our families and all the beauty that comes from building a family, which is in direct opposition to the evil of all the sex that's out there not in keeping with our family values. Does that make sense? You know, um, the pornography and the bad movies and the, you know, uh, sex outside of wedlock is in direct opposition to this beauty of creating a family and holding a brand new baby and, and connecting with your spouse and having this wonderful relationship. So allowing them to see both sides gives them the power to say no, because if you just say no, sex is bad, I'm sorry, but there is a huge draw <laughs> to sex for good reason. So we have to teach them the other side. This is why there's a draw. It builds families. It creates beauty. It builds relationships. It makes human beings instead of just no bad. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Side note, we have a whole episode. We have a couple of really good episodes. Um, one about teaching your kids about um, sex and another one um, in our episode that we did on um, what to teach your child in a post Roe versus Wade society. We talked a lot about the sanctity of the human body yeah. and preserving that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are both great ones. 
Okay, so number four, we teach, we actively teach our children how to discern good from evil. So it's not only okay to define these two terms for our children, but it's necessary. Again, going back to it is our godly responsibility to teach our children the difference and not just say, well, you just live your truth. First of all, it doesn't make any sense to them um, or to many of us, but you have to teach them your values and then show them how to differentiate between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. There's a, I'm going I'm to use the word poisonous. <laughs> There's a poisonous teaching out there that it's not okay to judge other people. Okay. So first of all, we talk about this for 30 minutes. We go way in depth in episode 93 on teaching kids to have values without condemning others. Um, so if you're confused about what we mean after this little segment, then go, go, please, please go listen to that one too. But here's the thing, this teaching, this, this thing that said, it's not okay to judge others. You're judging that is being not used as um, something to build people, Christians into better people, but it's used, being used as a stick to bludgeon Christians back mm. into their space where they can't be, where, where that they can't come out of when they're there saying, um, this is evil and this needs to stop. Then mm. the, the don't judge stick is brought out and start beating on the mm. Christians. You're Christians. I thought you were Christians. You're not supposed to judge. You're supposed to love people. And it's improperly used against um, people when they're trying to um, discern between good and evil. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's not appropriate. And it is, in fact, like you said, necessary to teach your kids the difference between good and evil. Yeah, I just really, really love that word discernment um, so that we can avoid all of the, even though we're commanded to, to judge good versus evil and avoid the, the, the judgment about the word judgment, to discern good from evil is just a very beautiful term to help our children put their their spiritual glasses on, you know, and see things for what they really are instead of for the shiny, pretty things that they think will make them happy. Um, and this is where thought work is very powerful, okay? We get to choose our children what, we get to teach our children what to think about good and evil. Um, we can, and, and obviously every situation is very different and it depends on the age of the child and how much they'll be exposed to this thing. But pornography is a great example because it can so easily come into our home so quickly and without even looking for it, it can just be a pop-up, literally a pop-up on a screen when a child is doing something. You can teach them, this is something that is evil and it is tempted, it is created to make you addicted to it. And it's using a power that God has given you for evil. Okay. So you know, just as blunt like that, this is how we think about this when it comes up and you come and tell me and we go and figure out how it snuck through the filter, etc. So giving them the thoughts to come to them when they are exposed to evil is very, very powerful. Yes. Yes. And those, those sound like such difficult conversations to have conversations with kids about pornography or about premarital sex. Those sound like really hard conversations and they are, but, but if you're following what we're telling you here, you're not starting with a pornography discussion. You're starting when they're five and they go somewhere and they see something at another kid's house. Um, let's say, just let's just, I'm going to use an example that my kids um, ran into here. So they go to their friend's house and, oh, my five-year-old friend has a, has a phone. I want a phone. And so then we start talking about that. Yeah, that, that kind of looks like fun. It would, it would have games. But here's why we don't do that. We don't have phones at five years old because we love to play outside. We love to read books. We love to um, spend time together. And if we had a phone, it would start to take away from some of that time because we'd be spending so much time playing games. And we haven't even introduced the word good and evil at this point. But we're reframing what looked really good to them 
as something that could be a path that led to evil at a level they can understand. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, 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 I love to play outside. Let's, In fact, let's go to the park right now on the way home. You know, that kind of thing. Um, instead of in, instead of having the big, hard conversations, it, they're not big and hard when you've been discussing things with your kids all along. That's the gradual conversation that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We had a really poignant example of this. <laughs> a few years ago, we had a loved one who uh, went down the path of addiction to the point of losing, a, destroying a marriage, destroying a family. Um, it was, it was a hard thing for our family. And I had the ben- the added bonus of teaching my children about what was going on because they loved this person. They were in their family, in their, in their life as well. Obviously my conversation with my 16 year old about the scenario was way different than my conversation with my two and four year olds. Right. Um, my 16 year old actually knew some of the details of the scenario and it was honestly a great opportunity to say, this is why we avoid these kinds of substances and behaviors because they lead to addiction and addiction leads to destruction. It destroys families. It destroys lives. Whereas my younger kids, we just said things like, well, this person broke some promises. This person did some things that they weren't supposed to. That's why we are always honor our promises, both to God and to our family members. So while it wasn't a fun opportunity, it was an opportunity to teach good from evil and to customize it to each one of my children and to give them that example. And, um, and it comes up quite often. Remember when we had that conversation about addiction and this can also be addicting and this can also be addicting anything that we use, um, too much or in a way that it's, that God hasn't intended can become an addictive and a destructive behavior or substance. So, uh, the opportunities abound in the world we live in is what we're saying. You have so many opportunities. We just have to take them to teach our kids. Unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> However, that is a, a that's perfect introduction to our fifth point is be an example of standing up against evil. Show them how it's done. They don't know when they're little how to stand up against evil. Guess what? They don't even know when they're teens. And guess what? Sometimes as adults, we don't even know. But we can think about and share with our kids times that we've stood up against evil and begin to show them how it's done. Yes. And one great way of doing this is to share stories with your kids. So you can even like, there's a couple of news outlets I like to follow because it's all good news or just uplifting things. You can share those stories with your kids and say, look, this child was being bullied and another kid stood up for him. Isn't that amazing? Or look, this woman saw this wrong being committed and she created an entire organization to fight this evil. Isn't that amazing? Um, looking for ways to share that with your children can be so inspiring. And then they can go around looking for ways that they themselves can stand up for it as well. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to share just a little example here. Um, one place where that is a hotbed of evil is college. And it's often our young kids that um, hit that experience. And so getting them evil proofed before then is like, it's like our goal. So um, I've, we've had, um, we're on our third child in the college experience now. And at times I've said to myself, is this even worth it? Like we've, if you've listened to some of our past episodes, you know that in our family, we encourage our kids to learn a trade and get a degree. So both of them. And and at times I just sit and shake my head and say, maybe maybe it's time to just drop the get a degree part and just go with learn a trade. <laughs> but um, so, for example, um, my daughter had to take um, ethics in college and every single thing taught to her in that class was taught to her as fact and with a complete opposite point of view that we've been teaching her 
our entire life, um, evil proofing her. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was a good um, chance for her to test out her her waterproofing, right? How much of this is going to roll off my back? And I was, um, so, so just one example here. Um, she had to, there was, of course, a section in the class on abortion. And it was taught um, completely the opposite of the way that we talk about it in the episode that we <laughs> referenced here earlier. But because we have taught our children those things that we mentioned in that post Roe versus Wade episode from the beginning, um, she had no doubt that what they were teaching was completely opposite of the good that she's been taught her entire life. And so I shared with her um, the first time that I came up to awareness of abortion. And and back, I'm, I'm old enough here, that um, it was when I was in high school was the first time I ran up against it. Um, and it was, uh, it was, we had to write a paper about it. Back then it was still controversial. And so we had to write a paper about it. Well, okay, so here, oh my goodness, what, 25 ish, 30 ish years later, my daughter is having to write um, papers and things about abortion. And so um, I shared with her, you know, what I had done when I was first presented um, that, you know, abortion is a good thing in the world. And so she um, took that information and my example of what I had done. And she um, said, you know, she kept saying things like, I really don't care what grade I get in this class, but I am going to stand up for good. And I am going to let it be known. She said, not for this professor or, you know, the writers of the textbook or, you know, any of that. But she said, maybe there's somebody else in my class who has had some of the same upbringing as I have. And they're, they're afraid to speak up or they're mm -hmm. questioning what they've been taught. And so I'm going to very strongly make a stand on my behalf and maybe on the behalf of somebody else too. So that was just an example okay. of how that evil proofing has worked. worked. <laughs> Working. Yeah. I love that. She's like the God's not dead kid in yeah. the movie. I mean, it's, yeah. That was beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I did want to share that um, even young kids can be taught to stand up. I mean, some people's, some kids' personalities are different. Some are a little bit shyer and a little bit uh, more reserved and less likely to stand up in a situation like that, you know, where um, an entire teacher or classroom is saying something that you don't believe in. But I had a great example a couple of years ago where one of my kids, I think he was only five or six at the time, said uh, another child was saying, oh, we're going to do this thing. Don't tell your parents, you know, and he remembered that we'd had a lesson that anytime someone says, don't tell your parents, <laughs> that's the first thing you should do is go tell your parents because it's something bad. It's something that you shouldn't be a part of. So he did. He came right home and said, by the way, this thing happened. And it was, it was a big thing that we had to go take care of. But um, I was so proud that he had the, the wherewithal and the um, confidence to stand up and say, this is not right. This needs to be told to my parents and, and I need to protect those around me. So these kids are amazing. We, I, I firmly believe this is a special breed of kids that we're raising right now to survive this world that is full of a bunch of nonsense and um, that they just need a little bit of steering and guidance and um, they're going to be just fine. So, yes, yes, that is so true. The only way to overcome evil is with good. And so we have to start that good, that foundation of good in our kids. And it's through all the ways that we've talked about in this episode, the five ways, keep evil out of your home, <laughs> fill them up with good things. Number two, number three, talk about evil and the corresponding good that you can overcome it with instead. Number four, teach them to discern between good and evil. It's our job. 
and number five, be an example of standing up for good. And so we hope this episode has helped you guys um, have the the courage or just um, just because you're here listening to this episode, just give you a boost that what you've been doing is right and keep it up. Have a great week, you guys. I'm Bonnie. I'm Audrey, and we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. <clears throat> okay, ready? Oh my gosh, what is with the yelling? They have a friend over. I think that's my yeah. problem. In and out of the house. And mm-hmm. They're playing orphanage. <laughs> they always play. My kids always play <laughs> orphanage. My mom's like, oh, you don't take that personally? I'm like, no. Yeah. You know, I'm not mad. Well, sometimes I'm Miss Hannigan, but it's fine. Most of the time. Oh, I'm... I know. The orphanage, <laughs> it's always orphanage lady. I'm like, yes. <laughs> am I really that bad of a mom? It's my, old, it's my oldest daughter. She's hilarious. She's the orphanage keeper. So she'll like sneak around and then yell at him. Get back in your rooms. <laughs> so funny. Uh, All right.